0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking Red Sox baseball today on this Friday, October 20th. Ian Brown joins us, our Red Sox reporter for MLB.com. Ian, we thank you for the time as always. And uh, as of this discussion, Ian, there is still not officially a new manager for the Boston Red Sox uh, heading into 2018. But if you're to believe the Twitter sphere and all the rumors out there, pretty much a slam dunk it is going to be Alex Cora as uh, those are the heavy rumors right now and uh, the speculation is that the Red Sox are not going to officially announce this until the conclusion of the ALCS uh, as we talk again on this Friday game six is uh, tonight in Houston with the Yankees one win away from the World Series which makes Red Sox fans so happy but uh again Alex Cora seems to be the guy and uh, just kind of give us your thoughts on that on uh you know, if he is going to be in the dugout for the Red Sox replacing John Farrell?
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly all signs are pointing toward Alex Cora being the manager. And the fact that he is the bench coach in the ALCS right now, um, that kind of creates the reason why Dave Dombrowski has sort of gone into radio silence on this uh, because it's sort of awkward because, look, Alex is preoccupied right now. You're not really, you know, you can't really hire him right now while he's in the middle of trying to get his, the team that he's with right now uh, to the World Series. So I think this would explain why, um, things are quieted down. They did interview Cora. They interviewed um, Brad Ausmus. They interviewed Ron Gardenhire. Gardenhier, of course, has just gone to the Tigers, so it takes one name off the table. Um, the only interesting wrinkle now with Alex Cora is that uh, now that Dusty Baker is let go by the Nationals, do um, the Nationals make a run at Alex Cora also? Um, so obviously, Alex, you know, you have. The, it seems like you always have one hot name. Uh, for up-and-coming manager every year. And, of course, seems to be the guy this year having covered him. Um, you know, he checks a lot of boxes for the Red Sox. He's a good communicator. He's bilingual. Uh, you know, he can relate well to young players. Uh, he can process analytics. Uh, so a lot of things are intriguing about him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you, you know, I, I would think that Alex Cora will be the guy, um, but unless for some reason he'd rather uh, manage one of the other teams that's looking at him right now. But uh, just given the four years he played in Boston, his familiarity with the city, his familiarity with the ownership, um, I think that Alex Cora, his top choice would probably be uh, the Boston Red Sox. And I think that at the end of the day, I think that's where this is headed, probably uh, maybe as early as Monday.
0: Now Ian, it's interesting you bring up the Nationals uh, with the breaking news today that Dusty Baker is not going to return in 2018. Now, assuming that the ink is not dry on a on a, you know, theoretical contract between the Red Sox and Alex Cora, is there a chance we've seen stranger things happen that, you know, obviously that Nationals job would appeal to anybody right. given the tremendous talent on that roster should Red Sox fans be worried? Well,
1: a little bit. I mean, I don't think this is uh, as much of a slam dunk Um, Right now, uh, that the Red Sox can get out as far as it was yesterday. Now the National thing is open up because look, that is an enticing opportunity too. So I think uh, Alex Cora could have the opportunity to to kind of weigh both these options. Um, You know, I think personally, Boston just because of his familiarity with it. I think that might be uh, just because it's the Red Sox. Look, there's something special about the Red Sox. We all we all know that. Not to say there isn't something special with the Nationals also, but just the tradition the Red Sox have. Um, and the fact that he won a championship there as a player, uh, I think that that might be a little more appealing to him, but you know, we, we can't really find out right now because we don't know what's on Alex's mind because what Alex is trying to do is help the Astros right now and they're sort of in a precarious spot. So I think, uh this will all become more clear uh, in the coming days.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It would seem like uh, Alex is uh, going to be the guy, but like we said, uh, stranger things uh, have happened and will happen, so you never you never quite know. But it seems like uh, if the ALCS uh, does conclude tonight with the Yankees wrapping things up, maybe like you said come Monday, we do get an official announcement uh, from Alex Dave Dombrowski, and, of course, you brought up that uh, Cora's experience uh, playing in Boston for three years between 2006 and 2008. Of course, in the middle of that, a world title in uh, 2007 as a uh, backup utility infielder. Um, how much did that weigh into the into his appeal from the Red Sox and, and getting this guy in? Because it seems like, you know, that was part of the appeal with John Farrell having served as a Terry Francona's pitching coach for so many years, and again, ironically in 07, uh, you know he was part of that team too. But uh, you know, again, how much did that enhance Cora's candidacy, given his playing days with the Red Sox?
1: Yeah, I think in John Farrell's case, that factor was much stronger because, look, uh, John Farrell at the time, you know, had already had a relationship with with, with John Lester and John Lackey and Dustin and, uh, Pedroia and David Ortiz and some of the guys on that Red Sox team at the time. So they thought uh, this was a team that really uh, needed uh, to get back to find their way again after the disastrous Bobby Valentine experiment, after the tough way things ended uh, under Terry Francona in 2011, they just needed to find their way. And they thought John Farrell would be a great stabilizing force. And it turned out, you know, they won a world series in his first show with Cora. I mean, Dustin Pedroia is the one guy that he played with. Um, You know, David Ortiz is gone. So there's really not that link. I think in Alex's case, The familiarity they have certainly doesn't hurt, but um, to tell you the truth, man, I think it's just more of a case of, you know, they look at his skill set and what they've heard about him throughout the industry, and uh, they like what they hear about Alex Gore. I think that he could be like the next sort of, uh, you know, what every GM tries to do um, when he's hiring a new manager is either find like the best veteran manager um, that's available or find the guy who you think is going to be the next up and coming sort of AJ Hinch type of guy. You know what I mean? And I think that they just look at all factors. I think that Alex Cora is that guy, so I think that's really the biggest factor.
0: Yeah, A.J. Hinch, you know, he he was the hot guy at one time, so to speak, and he's obviously doing wonderful things in Houston, and the Red Sox hoping that uh, Alex Cora could potentially have that same impact but uh, the Red Sox in 2018 and beyond. Um, Ian, give us a little bit of background on uh, Cora in terms of – other jobs that he has perhaps uh, interviewed for because, you know, this all hasn't happened in one year where he just ca- kind of came out of nowhere to become a front runner for all these managerial jobs. How long has he been on team's radars in terms of, uh, you know, trying to ascend to that managerial position?
1: I think over the last year, I think, it, you know, he, he um, interviewed for the Diamondbacks job last year um, that went to Torrey Lovello. Uh, I think he's interviewed for a couple other, jobs along the way but uh, yeah just the more uh you know now that he he when he once he got in the dugout this year but um that made him more appealing to teams because before look he was a, a very smart player and then he did tv for a few years after he's done playing obviously did some winter ball stuff and did some WPC type of stuff but now this really kind of rounded out his resume um still on the, you know in the dugout with hinch for a full year with a successful astros team and i think that's when he's um, really become, become kind of a, a hot commodity now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Red Sox fans hoping that the official announcement is made uh, in the not-too-distant future that Alex Cora will be the next manager of the Boston Red Sox. And, uh, and some uh, some health issues to discuss with the Red Sox as uh, two of their key guys that uh, had down seasons in 2017. And, and well, perhaps we kind of know uh, the reasons behind it. Uh, both Hanley Ramirez, who uh, struggled with his power, and uh, – and Eduardo Rodriguez, who uh, just couldn't seem to really get on track at all in 2017. They both went under the knife. Uh, Give us the details uh, on their surgeries and their respective timetables for recovery.
1: Yeah, in this case, look, this shoulder, look, really both of his shoulders um, bothered him throughout the year. I mean, remember the right shoulder, he couldn't even throw it during spring training, and that's why he didn't play defense for much of the year. And I don't think people really realize how much the left shoulder was bothering him until he went in for that surgery the other day. You know, look, the best-case scenario is that Hanley gets that shoulder healthy and he can get back productive again. Because, look, you know, we saw um, in the playoffs even when he started to bring the bat better what kind of force he can be, you know, when he's feeling good at the place. And he's a big factor for them in the middle of the lineup. They really just did not have enough run production this year. And a big reason was because, uh, you know, Hanley was supposed to replace David Ortiz at TH uh, and didn't really come close to doing so other than a couple nice little hot streaks. Um, so yeah, you hope that, you know, he should be ready for spring training. He should be ready for the start of, of next season. Um, and you hope that he can maybe do that other every other year thing. Cause he was so good in, in 2016, right. Uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, as far as that Rodriguez, look, he had two different seasons last year. There was the season, the first two months before he re-injured his knee, when he looked like to me, he looked like he was emerging into, you know, a, a pretty good starting pitcher at that time. And, uh, you know, then, then he had that freak accident in the bullpen in Baltimore when he fell down. Just, that knee is just prone to giving out on him. It was sort of like, you know, a spring training of 2016 when he when he fell down uh, in, in a rare in and a routine PFP drill. So obviously there's some stabilization issues with that knee, and he just didn't pitch well at all uh, when he came back, very inconsistent. He had one great start late in the year at Cincinnati. So he thought maybe he was ready to sort of, uh, you know, get back to what they needed him to be, and then just terrible in his last. Uh, Start of the regular season, I think it was against the Astros, where they just uh, they they hammered him, and uh, you know that wasn't a good thing. So yeah, you got to get him healthy, and you know this is gonna this is a pretty significant surgery he had, and it said uh, six months before he can pitch again. So then there's gonna be some ramp up time after that. So I don't think you see um, Eduardo Rodriguez pitch for the Red Sox until maybe May or June of next season. You just hope that when he does come back. Yeah, you know, he's the E Rod that uh, you know, that you need him to be and not the guy who sorta of was very inconsistent for them down the stretch this year.
0: Yeah, no question. Red Sox fans have seen what a healthy and productive E Rod can be and just how uh, effective he is and how important he can be to that rotation. He was not that Erod in twenty seventeen. If, uh, if he comes back to what he can't be and you pair him with uh, Chris Sale and hopefully a healthy David Price, that is as dynamic a top three as you'll find uh, in the game. Uh, Ian, uh, to begin to wrap up here, what is the panic level in New England right now, knowing that the Yankees are perhaps five wins away from winning the World Series? Yeah, and I
1: don't think it's it's, it's that uh, great. I just think that, um, you know, I think this Yankee team, you know, they're a little bit of an underdog almost. You can't help but. Uh, even respect them a little bit uh, if you're a Red Sox fan. So I don't. It's not that uh, animosity that you've seen in the past. I think people right now are more down on this Red Sox team for not sort of playing up to their capability in October for the second straight year. And uh, yeah, the Yankees uh, doing as well as they have. It's just maybe to this thing um, in some ways because it, you know the Yankees are proving that that Astros team. Could be beatable, and wasn't the juggernaut that they, you know, they played like against the Red Sox. I think that's what I think uh, if you're a Red Sox fan right
0: now. Yeah, very good point. As great as the Astros looked, uh, the Yankees have made them look uh, not so good <laughs> for the first uh, six uh, or f- five games of the series. So that's uh, definitely some salt in the wound for Red Sox fans. So Ian, I'll put you on the spot. Uh, three teams could uh, win the World Series, as of our discussion right now: Yankees, Astros, or Dodgers. Uh, who's going to do it? Yeah, I
1: just—I mean, it's the obvious take, but I just love the Dodgers. Uh, watching that team this year, I mean, they—they just uh, loaded from top to bottom, and you know, this, this team's been—you uh, know—been on the cusp for for a few years now. And it's good to see that they're finally—you uh, know—they—they they finally gotten over that hurdle. They finally gotten to the World Series after being either in the division series or the LCS so many times, and they just seem driven. It just seems like it's their year. Um, look, they, I think that uh, the best World Series you could have would actually be the Dodgers against the Astros because I think, uh, you know, just look at the win totals. I mean, those are the, you know, along with Cleveland, those are the best teams, uh, you know, on paper this year in baseball. And I think it would just be a great series. Um, I think Dodgers-Yankees obviously would be compelling, but I think the Dodgers might just have too many weapons there. Um, But either way, we're going to have a great World Series. And I love this time of year. Uh, It's just uh, uh, people are still a little sad in uh, in Boston that they're kind of – spectators after a very, very short playoff run for the second year in a row where you just got a tiny little taste of playoff baseball and then had to watch uh, other teams for the rest of the month.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been tough. But like you said, uh, just being uh, from the pure baseball fan perspective, uh, no matter what the outcome of the ALCS is, we're going to have a tremendous fall classic. And it goes without saying that Dave Roberts has legions of fans in New England. And so I think <laughs> a lot of Red Sox fans will be, be pulling for him and the Dodgers in the World Series for sure. Ian Brown, a pleasure as always. We'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Boston Red Sox.